Alrighty everyone, welcome back. This is Tavis Killian with Rare Petro, bringing you another episode of Monday Madness on September 11th, 2023. When is it that you are old? I know I'm a bit younger than many of the people that listen to this podcast, but I think I'm finally getting to be middle-aged for, well, far earlier of a time portion than expected. My girlfriend and I were looking for events to fill our weekend with, and we found plenty of beer festivals, clubs, and loud shows. Rather than attending any of these events, we spent some time reading by a pool, then picked up groceries to cook, and boy did we cook. I loved every second of prepping every dish, and realized I far preferred hours in the kitchen to the club. I don't know if it was any singular moment where this switch occurred, but I'm here, and I'm ready for it. But you didn't come here to listen to some 20-something-year-old lament aging as your knees and lower back actively ache. You came here for the biggest oil and gas news and statistics that our industry has to offer, so let's get into it. This time last week, the price was $86 for a barrel of WTI, right before it shot up to almost $88 come Tuesday. From there, it tested the $88 high four times, with the most recent occurring this Monday morning. By the looks of it, we should probably test $88 again. It came knocking on that door frequently, which is a great indicator of strength. I would not be nearly as jazzed if it plummeted after brushing up against that ceiling once again, but it just didn't. Brent is following the same movement patterns, but with a $3.50 premium. Keep an eye on these two big boys, because uh, good prices could be coming. Of course, by good, I mean high prices, because that benefits those in industry at the cost of increasing energy prices for the masses. So, yeah, that's what I mean by good. Natural gas is exceedingly painful to speak about anymore, because it had been doing the same thing for months and months, a near-flat oscillation between 250 and 280 for almost a year now. I'll keep you posted on any strange news in that area, but I just don't see it happening soon. Overall, Prices are fantastic and in a great spot right now, and I hope for that to continue. I don't want to talk too much on it because I think something nice could happen this time next week. Next up is the rig count. With improved prices comes improved rig populations as we add one more rig to the U.S. total, bringing it to 632 or 127 fewer rigs than we had this time last year. Basin by basin was binary in change. You got one or lost one. The Permian was up one, while the DHJ Niobrara, Eagle Ferd, Marcellus, and Williston lost one. State by state, we've got a lot more change, as Texas is up four, Kelly is up three, Utah and West Virginia are down one, and New Mexico and North Dakota are down three each. One more rig went up in the Gulf of Mexico. There's still no love for the horizontal hole, as all new rigs that went up were making directional hole as the horizontal category continues to plummet. It just costs too much money at the moment. Much less change compared to recent weeks, as we are now only seeing the second positive change in 19 weeks, so that is something to celebrate. I guess. This is a hard category to be excited about because rigs have been dropping like flies for months. Let's just hope that things are starting to flatten out, and let's not set our expectations any higher than that. Our last statistic to look over is the inventory report, which we will cover each week and did cover as Thirsty Thursday on our website, www.rarepetro.com. If you didn't have a chance to look at our excellent visual age and detailed analysis, I'll be sure to get you caught up on the big ideas. After an overwhelming month of drawdowns, the EIA was not shy in predicting another three and a quarter million barrel drawdown. Imagine their surprise when they ended up reporting another greater than 10 million barrel drawdown. 
The API also predicted and reported strikingly similar numbers to the EIA. The predicted a slightly smaller drawdown of just less than 3 million barrels, identical to the previous week's prediction, but ended up reporting an even larger drawdown of close to 11.5 million barrels. As you might imagine, this looks incredible on a week-over-week change graph with a large emphasis of lines pulling down below zero four out of the five previous weeks. In five weeks, the EIA's numbers shown we've decreased domestic inventory levels by nearly 34 million barrels. On the cumulative graph, we are dangerously close to establishing a trend that will break into new historical lows in the middle of September. It is likely trajectories will change as we were making small but significant builds to the inventory this time last year, but a lot of the data was artificially inflated by the US SPR releases. Now that those have stopped, the market appears to be out of balance, at least in the sense of establishing a healthy base of domestic inventories. Gasoline inventories have decreased by only 200,000 barrels, which essentially means they have remained stable. No major changes here, and that seems to bring some relief to the pricing. The average gasoline price in the U.S. has decreased about 1.2 cents per gallon from last week. Diesel, on the other hand, has come down a little more than half a cent. Hey, a decrease is a decrease no matter how small. California has defended its championship belt of heavyweight gasoline prices as it averages 5.296 per gallon. Mississippi continues to celebrate the cheapest national average at 3.305. Let's hope gasoline prices can remain on this downward trajectory so that our wallets can share a sigh of relief. Distillates are fighting hard and just might pull up before they crash into the boundary of the historical low, though we will see in about four weeks' time. Propane exhibits a surprising and cool amount of stability as it maintains a steady trajectory, just barely tops historically normal territory, as it's about 16 million barrels over the median of almost 80 million barrels for this time period. But that rounds out all of our statistics. It's time to get into the news. The LNG markets got to be a bit bleak-looking this past weekend. We are dealing with strikes at Australian export facilities as of Friday because Chevron was not willing to cooperate with employees looking for higher wages. Seems like a bold time to initiate a strike because, yes, the platforms that these strikes are occurring on might make up for 5-10% to of global LNG export supply, but prices for the commodity are likely not high enough for Chevron to justify an increased wage. Now, if LNG was back up to $9, $12, then maybe, but you have to remember that we are simply down from an all-time high in 2022. There was a slight spike in pricing, but again, Chevron may not have the funds available to keep the labor around. In addition to the strikes, Norway serves as Europe's top gas supplier, as Australia doesn't directly support the region or export to them, and they are now experiencing outages due to regular maintenance. Nothing crazy, but it certainly pushed prices a bit higher today and almost seems a bit planned when combined with the volumes of feed gas at the Freeport LNG facility. What I mean by that, as if these previous factors weren't enough, volumes of feed gas at the facilities in Freeport plummeted over the weekend. They fell from 1.6 billion cubic feet per day to 702 million cubic feet per day from Friday to Saturday, more than 50% decrease. By Sunday, that had fallen to 284 million. This Monday, we are back up to 622 million cubic feet, but the markets in Europe are already responding to these factors. I mean, these numbers suggest that at least two trains for the Freeport facility were not running, and uh, things are only getting to be more expensive. Front month futures for LNG are up 7% in Europe by this afternoon, and that's projected to continue through the rest of the week. 
things are probably only going to get more expensive, especially if these Australian strikes continue. So it seems like 2023 was the year of the striking LNG facility. If I'm not mistaken, we had that going on with France and I think even somewhere in the North Sea. So let's hope that everything gets wrapped up by winter because this is a season where huge demand leads pricing to be especially sensitive to situations such as these. In our next story, we take a look at the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. As with any large-scale military conflict of our world's long and storied history, resources play a vital role. Turns out the oil platforms offshore Crimea provide more than just oil, as they're also great for controlling that area of the Black Sea. According to the country's defense intelligence, Ukraine had regained control of the Boyka Towers, which are oil and gas drilling platforms. According to quotes from the released video, and of course these were translated, I don't speak Ukrainian, Quote, Russia has been deprived of the ability to fully control the waters of the Black Sea, and this makes Ukraine many steps closer to regaining Crimea. While the Ukrainians faced the resistance of a fighter jet, they were able to push it off. This is good for Ukraine, because Crimea and the Black Sea are only becoming increasingly frequent stages for battle. This should be a great way for them to secure a good deal of oil resources, as the platform was supposed to be under operation by... Bear with me here, Cherno Morneftgaz since 2014. I think I nailed that pronunciation. I can't be certain how much these platforms are producing, but at this point, I'm sure anything is helpful through the conflict that has gone on for about 19 months. But folks, that is all we have time for today. If you're looking for more content, please stop by www.rarepetro.com to find plenty of our other backlogged content, some of which dates as far back as late 2019 and early 2020 when we were making predictions on commodity prices for things like copper. Sounds crazy, but it does all tie to energy, and we were often very close to being correct, if not correct, with those periodicals. Other than that, we have news from some of our favorite sources pushed out almost daily. If you enjoyed this content, go ahead and subscribe because all of this information is absolutely free. We're trying to become the best informed oil and gas professionals we can possibly be and hope that you join us. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro and until we see you next time, take care everybody. 